Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me as ever from across the airwaves is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. I couldn't feel like more of an authentic UK theme park fan right now. It is classic British weather outside. It's grey and it's raining. And I'm drinking a coffee to warm the heart out of my nemesis mug. Well, that's not very British. That's very British, Josh. This is a staple of the UK theme park scene. (laughs) Disgusting. Well, you know, if the supply chain issues continue, it won't be long before we can't get coffee in this country (laughs) and I'll just have to move on and have hot water. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds delightful. Anyway, big news this week, Josh, because this is now the second time in 2021, which... By all by all accounts, it's been a pretty shoddy year yet again. We've had two years back-to-back, really, that have not been great for society, it feels. However, this one has at least served up now two, two Thing Park films. Incredible. You must Incredible. feel spoiled. I am. What a season. What a season. What a season indeed. We, of course, had The Jungle Cruise in the summer. A big blockbuster adaptation of The Jungle Cruise ride came to cinemas, came to Disney+. Plus. And now, now I'm delighted to say that we have Muppets Haunted Mansion, a Halloween movie special starring your friend of mine, everyone's friend, Gonzo the Great, and Pepe the King Prawn, various other Muppets in a send-up, I suppose, of the Disney theme park attraction. Or maybe, maybe I like to think that the creative team involved in this film actually knew nothing about the ride and they were inspired by the Haunted Mansion film starring Eddie Murphy <laughs> that's that's definitely yeah that's it that's what it was so that's going to be the focus of this week's show but before that I did just want to follow up on something that we talked about on last week's episode with John uh, Pastor John joined us as a, as a full-on guest for the first time it was a good time I, I hope the audio quality was all right uh, we are recording remotely again this week, and I guess for the foreseeable, until we work out what these technical gremlins might be in the studio. Uh, but one of the things we talked about was my very important point, and I'm sure you'll agree, Josh, about the importance of said point, about the changing face of Thing Park Cuddly Toys. Oh, yeah. It's, it's important. It's, it's a big deal. Point. Yeah. It's a big deal. If you missed it, basically, I was saying that, for me, uh, my childhood cuddly toys were... Uh, just just differently made to how they are now. Now they're all very plushy and soft and cuddly, almost like they're made for kids or something. It's disgusting. disgusting. But they used to be there used to be a quality to them. You know, they were a bit more solid. You could stand them up, put them on display. Uh, that's why I went to such lengths to collect all seven of the seven dwarves, which were all, all had this style. <laughs> they were kind of like like solid feet, so they'd stand up. I'd track them down from all over the place. But but in no way is my point better illustrated by the fact that I have, and I'd forgotten, I have two Scooby-Doo's from very different eras of Universal Studios. One from the Hanna-Barbera gift shop from the old ride, and one, I think, just from the Universal Studios main gift shop from probably a decade ago or so and i've put a picture of the two of them up on the park rush twitter to get a feel for how people feel about this this change josh josh how do you feel do you do you, first of all i guess do you now understand the point i was trying to make about how thing park cuddly toys have changed 
I, I do, 100%. I, I have a question. Is the uh, 90s, or the 2010s plush, is that much bigger than the 90s one? It, it, it is quite a bit bigger, actually, yeah. I think if you laid them both on the floor, then the plush one would be would be longer and wider. But I reckon the 90s one is probably, he- yeah, it's heavier. Like He'll stand up, uh, as you can see in the pictures that I've put up on yeah. that Park Rush podcast. He has stood on my desk quite comfortably there, whereas the plush one is sprawled over the bed like a loser. <laughs> uh, he's taken up a lot of that bed, though, hasn't he? I do agree, though, Tom. I think uh, the 90s stand-up is a stronger look for Scooby. Why, thank you. You know, I, I think uh, he, the laissez-faire attitude that he's got in the 2010s is uh, <laughs> is not appropriate. Uh, to be fair, now that he's put it that way, I almost have sympathy for him because I was also full of energy in the 90s. <laughs> As the 2010s developed, I was increasingly like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to open the curtain ever again. It's understandable. And here I am. I've made it through the 2010s. The 2020s are even worse. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. That, I just wanted to put it out there. Do go and vote in our excellent poll about this very important issue and... We'll get a clearer picture of the superior Scooby plush. It was very... I really enjoyed last week's podcast. It was good fun. It's glad to have uh, John on to talk about all things of the news and Halloween Horror Night. Okay, now it is time. Now it is time to meet your host, your ghost host, for a theme park film review of Muppets Haunted Mansion, which is out now on Disney+. Plus. As of recording, came out just about a week ago and uh, as we said at the start is a uh, spoof I suppose of the Haunted Mansion the famous Haunted Mansion ride uh, from various Disney parks around the world I guess before we start getting into specifics uh, about the uh, plot and uh, some of our favourite gags and and whatnot, what were your hopes going in Josh and what was your overall takeaway from Muppets Haunted Mansion. Always look forward to something new from the Muppets. Um, Big fan of the Muppets. Big fan of, obviously, the Muppets Christmas Carol, Muppets Treasure Island in particular, uh, and obviously just the general Muppets movies, even the uh, new ones with uh, Jason Segel. uh, I enjoyed. I guess the first one was only with him, right? Uh, Yeah, Muppets Most Wanted was Ricky Gervais. Yes, yeah. And uh, Evil Kermit. Evil Kermit, yeah. Yeah, he was evil. He had a mole. Yes, yeah. and uh, and, the mole. and all of the American comedians are looked locked up in a Russian gulag. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, wasn't too. They did that weird, uh, the Muppets, that show that was like the Office. I don't know if you saw that. Tom. Oh yeah, which I never watched it. It sounded great on paper, and then I saw reaction was kind of muted and never got round to actually watching it. But yeah. they also did. That was pre-Disney Plus, right? But then they've also yeah. done another series since Disney Plus. Was it? Is it Muppets Now or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, I haven't watched that one either. I, I watched The Office one. No. I haven't watched this new one. And Haunted Mansion. Love The Haunted Mansion. A favourite of mine. So I was hoping for good things. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. I thought it was interesting and and kind of nice, actually, that whilst, of course, every Muppet 
makes an appearance and, and obviously Kermit being the most recognisable Muppet of all and, and he has a decent role but this is very much the uh, Gonzo and Pepe show. Going in I was I was open to it because you know it feels a, a bit different I suppose but equally I was somewhat disappointed just because I don't think either of them I would say uh, and, and I don't mean this to spite them but they're, they're not my favourite. Muppets. I, I, I hate to say it, I really do. And I, I was thinking, oh, you know, I, I kind of want some Sam Eagle in here. I hope we get to see you know, a, a fair bit of Fozzie Bear. And, and, and you get a little bit of them, as you do every other Muppet. But I enjoyed Gonzo and Pepe being the leads in this far more than I necessarily expected. And, and it turned out that Gonzo was, was a good lead for this because whilst the majority of this film is about spoofing the Haunted Mansion ride and making gags and it feels a bit more like a kind of retro Muppets special in that way. It's kind of a more breezy, let's just get a load of gags in, kind of that was the aim of it rather than try to tell this sort of grand narrative starring the Muppets as some of the other films have been. Yeah. But there was, when it came to kind of the moral message of of the film, which is important to have in a in a film for kids at the end of the day, a, Gonzo was a good vessel to use for that for kind of the moral of the story which is basically that it's okay to be afraid which which is an interesting <laughs> it's interesting that it comes out at the same time as uh halloween kills which, <laughs> which from what from what i gather i haven't seen it yet but from what i gather the kind of message of that film is you're if you get if you're scared you're you're screwed you are you've got no chance <laughs> and the muppets are like no it's okay to be frightened it's okay to admit that you're scared. That's not a weakness. It's a strength. It's true. Uh, uh, so I would love to see Gonzo go up against Michael Myers is kind of my conclusion. Brilliant. I went up for that. I I was actually... I didn't realise going into this that it was... Um, I knew it was Gonzo. I didn't realise it was Pepe, the King Prawn, that was his sidekick. I was uh, half expecting it to be uh, Rizzo the Rat. Oh, yeah. One of my favourite partnerships, obviously, from The Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm, yes, absolutely. However, uh, I think the attitude that Pepe has in this uh, is very good. It it's uh, it somewhat somewhat reminds me of myself sometimes, uh, but then when I'm in the theme park, it very much reminds me of uh, family members who don't care for uh, the haunted mansion. <laughs> yeah, I liked Pepe the Prawn a lot as well. Which and and Pepe the Prawn. He's always kind of fighting against the tide when it comes to winning my affections because any mention of Pepe being an Arsenal fan sort of brings me up in cold sweats and just makes me want to scream at whatever I'm doing. So he managed to battle through that preconception that I have of, of all Pepes yeah, and, uh, and be a pretty entertaining part of the show for me. He probably wouldn't be any good for you, though. I don't know. I mean, I've seen I've seen some Muppets play for Arsenal in my time. <laughs> what's, an, what's another one? Hey. Yeah. So, yeah, as ever, this film, not just starring Muppets, of course, but also uh, chock full of uh, US comedians and uh, video game host Jeff Keighley for some reason, which I don't understand. But fair play to the guy. He's made a lot out of liking video games. Sure has. Uh, but the setup of the of the film is that Gonzo and Pepe head off to what's kind of described as like a challenge event. I, I get the impression that it was almost sort of seen as an escape room at this haunted mansion where Gonzo's favourite musician... Musician? Musician. Who do you think Gonzo's favourite musician is? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'll let let you steal on that. Yeah, And, yes, his favourite magician 
uh, disappeared. So Gonzo's going there to basically prove himself. Gonzo the Great obviously fancies himself as a musician. So he says, well, screw the party. Uh, There's more exciting things to be done here. Let's go to the Haunted Mansion. And he takes Pepe with him. They get uh, dropped off by uh, someone driving a hearse, which is pretty funny. (laughs) And uh, meet some of the the ghosts and the singing busts outside, kind of immediately appealing to my, my theme park fan. And then meeting the, the ghost host of the film, which is Will Arnett, by far has the most to do, I think, of all the celebrity appearances and is great as the ghost host. He, he's very say. good. Um, I, I've just thought, I've just decided who Gonzo's favourite artist is, his favourite musician. Oh, okay. It's uh, Top Loader. Do you, do you remember, <laughs> remember Top Loader? Famous for singing uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. Well, that makes perfect sense, as we'll get yes. to. Uh, so, I mean, straight away, really, I thought they kind of nailed the atmosphere of the ride, kind of the combination of you know some genuine spookiness, but also everyone is kind of in on the joke, uh, which I, which I yes. enjoyed. Uh, it, there's a line in it where I think Gonzo goes, "We we won't explain every joke." It's like, <laughs> yeah, cool. And I guess like once they're actually into the mansion, the the plot kind of branches at a point. And you end up with Gonzo trying to come to terms with the fact that it's okay to be afraid. Meanwhile, you have Pepe, who is put in a trance by a bride who basically puts various people, has put various other Muppets under a trance over the years, seemingly, yeah. uh, to get them to marry her and then kill them. Uh, so which, is these the, kind of t- which is the storyline, or one of the storylines of The Haunted Mansion, right? Yes, Absolutely. So you kind of have those two branching storylines which kind of come to a head towards the end. But all the while, you're basically going through a series of skits based on set pieces from the ride itself. So you get the stretching room, you get the uh, the ballroom scene with the ghosts, which is excellent. That's when you get the, uh, oh, the old men. The old men finally making a appearance. Waldorf and who's the Sattler other one? and Waldorf. Yes. And, who, and what, make a great... What? And they, like, come rolling in in a doom buggy. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very akin to Muppets 3D at Hollywood Studios because they're basically doing, like, a, a, a show yeah. in the Haunted Mansion, the Muppets that live there, the ghost Muppets that live there. They're putting on, like, a, a gig, I guess, and Fozzie Bear goes on stage to do some comedy and then the Muppets... <laughs> <laughs> they 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 roll in on a doom buggy up above the stage, much as they are uh, looking over from the balcony in Muppets 3D, and they're just giving Fozzy Bear a load of grief, <laughs> just booing. And they're like, why, "Why are you booing me?" And they're like, "We're ghosts. That's what we do." <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's everything I could have wanted from them and more. Yeah, Stadler and Waldorf almost always have some of the best lines. They always steal the show, as far as I'm concerned. I must admit, every time I'm watching a Muppets thing, I'm always just kind of waiting for them to show up. And and in in a way, I I know it's probably not what's best because the creators of the Muppets know better than me and probably know that they work because you use them sparingly. But there is part of me that just wishes they were centre stage of every Muppets thing ever made, just just poo-pooing everything that happens. But I guess that's what Muppets 3D is for. That's where they get to shine. Yes, I mean, I, I uh, will regularly sing the Marley and Marley song from uh, <laughs> Christmas Carol. Other than those two, I think my favourite Muppet appearance was probably Miss Piggy <laughs> in the Crystal Ball. 
Yeah, Madame Pagota. Madame Pagota, yes. Um, and, and it's also worth noting that we are occasionally crossing between the Haunted Mansion and the Halloween party that Gonzo and Pepe have decided not to go to, where you have all the other Muppets dressed up in fancy dress for this Halloween party. <laughs> and brilliantly, you have Kermit, who's been forced to dress up as Miss Piggy, and Miss Piggy, who is dressed up as Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> and Kermit dressed up as Miss Piggy is a look. It's, it's great. He has to say, he's forced to say lines that Miss Piggy has written for him. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's good fun. And then I guess, I mean, for me, when, when, when this kind of turned from being like fun, but I guess disposable entertainment into being something that I was genuinely quite gripped by is when, is when Gonzo and Pepe split up. So you end up with Gonzo going into room 999 to face his fears. Uh, and that's oh, where yeah. the moral of the story comes from, I guess. And then you have Pepe who goes and gets entranced by the ghost uh, Hatchaway, I, I think her name was, the bride. Uh, yes. Gonzo, it turns Constance out. Hatchaway. Constance Hatchaway. Uh, Gonzo, it turns out, his greatest fear is that no one will like him. And the reason he's always going off to be Gonzo the Great uh, and do stunts and magic shows and try to prove himself it's because he's he's afraid that if he doesn't do these things, people won't like him. <laughs> which really, oh. you know, which really spoke to me, Josh, because that's the only reason I do this podcast. It's true, yeah. So that was emotional stuff for me. Yeah, I got again. I got um, Christmas Carol vibes from Room Nine Nine Nine. Some creepy stuff goes down in there. Yeah, some uh, Michael Caine looking back on his past vibes. Yes, very much so. And there's a there's a sequence where I you know if it wasn't obvious already we're we're gonna we're talking spoilers here but there is a, a particularly distressing scene which I found genuinely disturbing where Gonzo basically ages in the mirror. Oh God, yeah. And you end up with a a Gonzo puppet that is all decrepit and has had like the skin <laughs> taken off it. And it's just kind of like, I guess, what gonzo a gonzo skeleton would look like with like a little bit of flesh left on it. And just even describing it in this way is kind of freaking me out. But put it this way, if you were asleep in the night and were woken in the dark by a gonzo, by that particular gonzo puppet, I'm not sure I'd ever get back to sleep again. That, that is a real creepy look, that one. If, some, if they ever wanted to really go off the wall and do like a Muppet show for... Um, for Star on Disney Plus, <laughs> just do a horror with undead Gonzo. It's absolutely oh. terrifying. Uh, and meanwhile, you have Pepe in the uh, uh, under the trance of Constance Hatchaway. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you make of what went on in there? Uh, it was good fun. She obviously she kept making um, murder puns, like death puns, references to her, uh, her exit, uh, her axes. I mean, uh, her exes and, and Pepe. <laughs> Pepe just oh falling for her every time she called him a king prawn, a yeah, jumbo, like tick, tick, tickling him under his chin and that kind of stuff, and he, he's just absolutely loving it. Just wants uh, to be loved. And then you have you know only one man can save King Pepe or Pepe the King Prawn from his fate, and that is of course Gonzo. And, and Gonzo ends up, I guess, having a sort of flashback to a conversation that he'd had with Kermit, where Kermit's like, "Oh, you." You don't have to prove that you're great, Gonzo. You know, you don't have to be Gonzo the Great to be great, great. Gonzo. I think is or his exact words. It's deep, uh, which 
deep stuff from Kermit. And mm. I, I mean, he is arguably the greatest philosopher of our time. And I, and I didn't particularly enjoy it when uh, our great prime minister in his recent speech to the United Nations, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it was, <laughs> this actually happened. He referenced and quoted Kermit the Frog. Oh dear. And I, I, found, I found the way he did it to be rather condescending. And I, I sort of thought to myself, you know, Kermit is a wiser man than you will ever be. Don't you condescend this wise frog. You don't even utter his name. That's true. He doesn't know how lucky he's got it. Absolutely not. I would, uh, I would absolutely follow Kermit into battle well before I'd even consider following Boris Johnson into battle. That is, that is for damn sure. I wouldn't follow him anyway. I wouldn't follow him into Greg's. <laughs> No, probably not. So yeah, Gonzo coming to terms with this fact is is what allows him to escape from room nine nine nine, which which is in fact room six six six. The numbers get turned upside down. Yeah, the uh, the, the door the, the door number falls, doesn't it, to reveal? Uh, and he he then proceeds to go and prevent Pepe's horrendous marriage to Constance Hatchaway, and and they manage to escape and get back to the. Uh, Halloween party, which is uh, great scenes indeed. It is. Oh, and also I suppose the fact that Gonzo, of course, went there initially to find out what happened to his favourite magician, uh, the Great MacGuffin, which is a, <laughs> which is a fantastic <laughs> name. Uh, he then finds out that the ghost host, uh, Will Arnett, was in fact the Great MacGuffin all along. All along, and, yeah. Uh, I really, I really do I like the use of that name, um, obviously because it's. And MacGuffin is just the thing to get the yes. story going, if that wasn't obvious. It was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there might be someone out there that didn't quite catch it. Yeah, sure, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, the, the intricacies of a Muppets plot, I guess, could be above some people, like yes. the Prime Minister, for example. Exactly. So, yeah, he gives uh, Gonzo his blessing and off they go. And then you get a fantastic dance number over the credits with the various Classic. ghosts and the talking heads and the other Muppets and the celebrity cameos. And that's fantastic. Which, which and there are, are some bizarre cameos. There's a Danny Trejo. Yeah, this is Zed his fourth, uh, This is Danny Trejo's fourth uh, Muppet appearance. Oh, what are the other three? Um, he was in a deleted scene from uh, The Muppets, one with Jason Segel in. He was in uh, Muppets Most Wanted, uh, and he was in um, a segment uh, in Muppets Now uh, with the Swedish Chef. So he was cooking with the Swedish Chef. So I might have to go find oh, that. I might also have to go and find that. That sounds brilliant. Um, and I feel like this might have been a kind of a his his uh, appearance in this might have been a throwback to uh, Muppets Most Wanted because I believe he's a he's a prisoner in that. So. Yes, and he's kind of the ghost of a prisoner in this. Yeah, because three times he has worked with the Muppets, he has been portrayed as a prisoner. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know if that's a bit of stereotyping going on there, but I guess we'll let him off. It's the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was also, by the way, I mean, this was Ed Asner's, or one of Ed Asner's final works. He he died recently, which was, which was very sad, of course. And, you know, he was best known for... The Mary Tyler Moore Show, which I, and Lou Grant, which was a spin-off of that, which I must admit I wasn't familiar with until I wrote about him when he passed away, uh, and I wrote about him at work. 
obviously he became known to a kind of new generation by being in uh, Elf and then Up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is not his first uh, Disney rodeo, uh, having been in Up and been so brilliant in Up, of course. Was, it was nice he, to see him in this. He played Carl in, like, the shorts and stuff as well. Oh, so did he? He kept his role in the shorts, which is nice to see. Uh, funnily enough, actually, something that I didn't necessarily... Well, something that I did not realise until later, like years after I'd played it, was that he was also one of the main people on the Jedi Council in uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, uh, <laughs> one of my favourite games as a child. And I think I picked up on it when I then saw Up, like five years later. Oh, wow. I was like, I recognise this guy from somewhere. Who is he? And then found out, oh, he's Vroop Randar or whatever the <laughs> Jedi's name was. <laughs> Star Wars name, TM. Oh, man. He's been in. He's been in bloody everything. He was. He yeah. continued his role as Santa in the Elf shorts that came out after that. I didn't was, know there were Elf shorts. Yes, um, he was unfortunately in Home Alone Holiday Heist. Uh, the poor, poor bloke. Uh, Holiday Heist is the fourth or fifth one. Fifth one, I think. Uh, there's a new one coming out this year, Home Alone. Yes, there is. Does not look brilliant. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I haven't. No. Yeah, it does not look good. It's a shame in a way because as skeptical as I as I was about them making a new Home Alone, I didn't realise that the kid this time is not the main kid, but the main kid's friend from Jojo Rabbit, and he was <laughs> he was very good in that. Oh yeah. So I was I was sort of like, okay, I don't necessarily need to see a Home Alone remake. I'm not interested in it necessarily but i'm open to seeing how you get on how this kid gets on and then yeah. i watched the trailer and was just 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 like this needs to this needs to die just don't yeah. don't put it out you've got a, disney plus is full of stuff no one is signing up to watch this you could just put it in a vault and pretend it doesn't exist yeah it's put fine it, lock it up in the disney vault before it either ever releases uh, yeah exactly he um he also did Carl Fredrickson in Up, Ed Ansner. So, in uh, the ga- video game, sorry, I should say, not obviously. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I yeah, because we just mentioned that. Uh, yes, uh, and all the shorts, Josh. You're, and <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, he was in the video game as well, which is uh, kind of a rare thing. Yeah, no, I guess so. I guess that was probably coming towards the end of the era where every kid's film got a video game. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, I guess the key point and the kind of what will prove to what will be the proof in the pudding as to you know how good it is really is. Do you see this becoming a annual tradition in the same way that I mean, I, I can't speak for you. Muppets Christmas Carol is an annual tradition for us here. We watch that every year. Do you? Th- do you? I guess first of all, and if so, <laughs> do you see this one becoming a every year thing as well? The Muppets Christmas Carol is a uh, annual thing for me. It's not necessarily annual for the how for the family for the household. Oh, their loss. Yes, I just force the songs upon Mum by singing them to her. She has to deal with it one way or the other. Will this become? I don't know. Maybe. I, I mean, time will tell. Will I? Will I come back to watch this this time next year? I'm not massive into Halloween anyway, as a as a no. holiday. So. It's it may become a Christmas thing weirdly because I may watch the Muppet Christmas Carol and go I want more Muppets and then watch this right yeah 
Um, yeah, that makes that's sense. That's often what happens. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I'm I will probably watch this again in a week or two's time. Um, my parents are away at the moment, um, but I'd quite like them to watch this, so I'll probably watch it with them, uh, which which will be fun to see it again and see if I pick up on even more references and jokes that maybe I didn't get the first time. Uh, kind yeah. of like being, I, mean, I think that'll be an interesting thing as well because the Haunted Mansion, the ride is quite a lot like that. I mean, that ride has got so much going on. There's so much depth to every scene that it's impossible to take it all in the first time you do it. You have to do it's it true. multiple times and you'll probably notice something new every time. And I wonder if the... Uh, if this will be something like that, you'll you'll see other things in the background and pick up on other gags. So that might be quite good fun. Are there, do, do you think they do you think they could give the Muppets treatment to any other theme park rides? I, I uh, was thinking about Disney this last rides? night. I was laying in bed having watched Muppets Haunted Mansion. I was like, oh, what rides would I want to see? <laughs> um, and I've got two straight out the gate: Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yes, absolutely, um, yes. And uh, for me, uh, obviously, a, a house favourite, Tower of Terror. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those two, yeah, you're absolutely right. Those would be excellent. I guess, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, they've already done Treasure Island. I feel like yeah. they'll be ca- cannibalising their own Muppet pirate market there. They, they could read, you know, it's a different take on the uh, pirate story. I guess so. But would you do? would, would you do a... Would you go into the making the Pirates of the Caribbean Muppet special as if the the movies had never happened, if you know what I mean, and solely base it on the ride, or would you base it on the film? Would you get Gonzo or whatever to play Jack Sparrow, or would you just stick to the ride? Uh, I feel, I mean, Jack Sparrow is quite a key figure in the rides now, so I don't know. It depends. I guess on, he is. Yeah, I would probably I say like- that you. You'd get someone like that. Maybe not Gonzo. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you'd go somewhere a little bit more. Maybe you could get Rizzo the Rat to play Jack Sparrow. I think that'd be quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Now that would be fun. I think I would base it on the ride, actually, and just keep it all in, uh, you know, Port Royal. Port Royal. Yeah. I, I always nearly say yeah. Port Royal like it's a burger. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a continental burger where they don't have the imperial measurements. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they should inst- instead of Princess and the Frog. Maybe they should have rethemed Splash Mountain to the Muppets. Uh, I, and I like Princess and the Frog quite a bit, and have been meaning to rewatch it. But would, would the, the pro- I, I, that's the thing? I think uh, Muppets 3D suits the Muppets so perfectly. Having a bride be a, a Muppet themed would be harder. I think. I, I hope um, the Muppets 3D never goes away. It's kind of always. It's always kind of felt like there's an axe hanging over it in the same way that you've always felt like there's been an axe hanging over E.T. or, or yep. Shrek. And in like in the case of Shrek, it obviously has now fallen. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the case of E.T., it's it's still hanging there. Uh, Recent it's, years, yeah. I felt Indy has had that axe. Yeah. And the, the, I, the, the thought of Muppet 3D going is is sad to me. And, and I really hope it doesn't. It's one of the kind of... It's one of the last rides at Hollywood Studios, really, that kind of reflects the original vision of that park as being like a working studio. Yeah. So it would be sad to see it go from that standpoint. And then, of course, just the fact that it's an excellent Muppets show uh, in and of itself, regardless of the fact that it's a theme park. It's true. So I, I really hope it doesn't go. You never know, really, do you, with... With Disney, it's all about the bottom line. If they think they can get more uh, bums on seats by making it a, a different show, then yeah, but um, yeah, well on board for your Jungle Cruise and uh, Tower of Terror suggestions Tower of Terror. for 
Muppets treatments. Do you have any other thoughts? No, I think those two are kind of the ones you you kind of you've kind of taken the words out of my mouth on that front. I think those two would be would be excellent. I think Jungle Cruise especially. I I, I think get Dwayne Johnson in it. He'd probably do that. (laughs) He would probably quite happily be in a Muppets film, and he'd probably be really good in a Muppets film. I feel he probably would. Yeah. And uh, was was Brendan Fraser wasn't in a Muppets film, was he? He was in a Looney Tunes film. Yeah, he was in Looney Tunes Back in Action. Yeah, because I was about to say, really like, enjoy. Dwayne Johnson, I could see being great in a Muppets film in the same way that Brendan Fraser once would have been in a Muppets, once would have been great in a Muppets film. But yeah, he was in a Looney Tunes film, but it's a similar sort of thing. I thought he was really great in that Looney Tunes. I really enjoyed that Looney Tunes film. I don't remember like, I don't remember loving it, but I feel like in this kind of, uh, this this new era of kind of reappraising Brendan Fraser and appreciating all the good that he brought to the world, maybe I should go back to it with my rose tinted spectacles on and uh, and and try and find more enjoyment in it. Yes, he was making should, a lot of Tom. films back then. Did you ever watch Dudley Do Right? Yeah, I did, and I, <laughs> I've been meaning to watch that again. But uh... you know who was the villain in that? Who was the villain in that, Tom? If I was a rich man. <laughs> wow yeah that seems like a weird casting it sure does across yeah. the board the, lo- the, the the love interest was sarah jessica parker wow i mean brendan fraser Amazing. i could see playing a mountie sure um, i mean he is canadian is he not uh he could well be yeah um, am i making that up maybe i don't i don't think he is actually i'm probably just i've just i'm just conflating him with his characters yeah uh, Brendan Fraser is not. He's from Indianapolis. Fraser. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, because uh, the bag, from what I remember from the ride, which is my only real reference for for it, uh, is that the bad guy is uh, Dick, Dick Dastardly esque, so wouldn't massively fit. Well, Brendan uh, Fraser is is apparently a Canadian American actor. He's the son of Canadian parents. Okay, so, no, I wasn't I wasn't completely. Uh, off the ball with that one. Are you on IMDb or are you on somewhere else? I'm on Wikipedia now because okay, I wanted cause, to double check. Because on IMDb it does say he was born in Indianapolis to Canadian parents. He is of Irish, Scottish, German, Czech and French-Canadian ancestry. He must have quite the collection of passports. He can go yeah, anywhere. Right. The ultimate <laughs> freedom of movement, Brendan Fraser. Wow. Very de- definition of collecting them all. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's Muppets Haunted Mansion. I mean... I. A film where you can make, you can raise f- few complaints, I would say. I think it's everything you'd kind of want it to be. I, is it my favourite Muppets film? No. You know, is it the best of, of of Disney's theme park films? Even no, I would say not. But it's impossible not to kind of enjoy it and just raise a smile at it. It's kind of middle of the road Muppets for me. I, I think the genuine criticism I would have of it, and I don't know how you felt, was that it was quite blatantly very cgi heavy and i don't mean in like the way the ghosts were rendered and that kind of thing but all the backgrounds nobody looked like they were in the place that they were supposed to be it looked uh, yeah very green screen in a way it that did. was quite distracting honestly especially the very first scene inside the mansion will arnett talking to gonzo and pepe it looked off uh, i think once my eyes adjusted to to, to how it looked it didn't bother me quite so much for the rest of the film but yeah it it, it, it does have that kind of yeah overly green overly green screen look to it yeah i guess um the actual rides aren't very good for 
filming in because they're they're quite dark and <laughs> yeah quite tight spaces oh and then now that you mention it that the idea that they like went and filmed in the actual haunted mansion that would have been pretty cool i mean they it did it for tarot cool. josh that's true well back yeah in the, back in the day but that is built like a hotel whereas this is built like a haunted mansion is built like a creepy uh house so that it is quite tight and cramped whereas which makes mm. it nearly impossible to film in yeah an open yeah an open hotel is uh a lot easier to get rigging in and lights and stuff mm. um actually talking of uh you know haunted mansion and hotels uh there is a quick uh the shining gag in there as well yes <laughs> which, uh, i i laughed out loud at, at one o'clock in the morning uh, <laughs> now i i very much enjoyed it overall and yeah I, i'm excited i guess by I, I go a bit two ways on it there's part of me that would undeniably be excited to see them do more theme park parodies with the muppets uh, on the other hand the idea of the muppets solely being a theme park marketing tool from now on is a bit sad i don't think that's what jim henson would have wanted <laughs> to uh, no. be quite to be quite frank but it's the world we live in now everything that you see and do ultimately is probably an advert for something that disney owns it's true uh, this, this that's what this podcast has always been so yeah <laughs> so there we are spoiler uh, we get no money for it so yeah It'd be interesting to hear if any of our fine listeners have any thoughts on rides that could become Muppet films. Yes, definitely. And, and just what your thoughts were also on Muppet's Haunted Mansion. Yeah, absolutely. Write in, let us know. Yeah, write in, let us know. It's podcast at parkrush.com. You can tweet us at Parkrush Podcast, and you can also uh, send in a voicemail. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your podcasting app of choice, or you can find us at parkrush.com. As Josh mentioned, we do write up a fuller show notes with links to the things we've discussed, and you can find those at newhighscore.co.uk. We'll be back next week with more from the Park Rush podcast. Until then, take it easy. Goodbye. See ya.